because my biggest thing is the employees. I mean, it took 15 years to build the team I have. The last thing I'm going to do is let everyone go. You know, like I know what, how hard it is to build a team. A lot of my factory workers have been with me since the beginning and I know they have kids and I know their kids and, you know, all that stuff. And so like that was really the first thing I thought of was just keeping payroll going. Welcome back to an all new season of Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hi. Hey, everyone. Yes. Okay. So Heidi and I are flying solo today. Jamie has been working around the clock on QVC. My daughter, Charlie, volunteered to skip school and co-host when she found out who our guest is today. And I'm not going to lie. I am fangirling a little myself because we're about to bring on Paige Mykoski, the founder and CEO of Aviator Nation, the wildly popular global lifestyle brand with the iconic lightning bolt hoodie. I am rocking mine right now for the interview. Heidi here. Meg's looks so good. Her eyes literally match her amazing hoodie and I have my sweats on. So very excited. All right. So just for some quick background, Paige Mykoski was born in 1980 in Arlington, Texas. Her mom, Pam, was an author and her dad, Mike, was an orthopedic surgeon. She has two brothers. More on them later. Growing up, Paige was an athlete and an artist, constantly learning new skills and expressing her creativity. In 2001, Paige moved to Southern California for an internship at Shape Magazine. But soon, she shifted her focus to freelance photography, video, graphic design, and branding because opportunities in these fields were ideal for her adventurous and active lifestyle. She steadily developed successful campaigns in branding and commercials and created a pretty famous logo that we'll talk about later. Megan, jumping in here, later became a buyer's assistant at ZJ Boarding House in Venice, California, where her love of clothing was reignited. She realized that Southern California's laid-back lifestyle on the beach, surf, and sand provided the pivotal outlet for her to channel her life passions collectively. She wanted to create a brand that fostered athletics, adventure, creativity, music, and clothing all in one. Discovering that vintage clothing was harder to find, Paige decided to create her own clothes, sewing, dyeing, and designing herself. In 2006, Aviator Nation was launched in Los Angeles with a white hoodie with a rainbow stripe in the hood. Known as the line's signature hoodie and now a bestseller. Under Paige, the brand has grown into a multi-multi-million dollar company. So let's Get ready to welcome this human lightning bolt to the show. Paige, so Heidi and I are both huge Aviator Nation fans and beyond excited to welcome you to the show today. So we're going to dive right in. Yay. Yay. All right, Heidi here. We say a lot. If the balloons are back of me, like it's just the word. (laughs) (laughs) So Paige, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Of course. I'm excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. So for anyone who lives under a rock and isn't familiar with Aviator Nation, how would you describe the look and feel of the brand? I mean, I think I would say that it's like the sweatshirt that you've had your whole life that you want to wear all the time. And um, my goal is always to have it feel like that the moment you buy it. So, you know, I'm all about my favorite old sweats, my favorite old t-shirts. And um, yeah, so I basically, you know, tried to figure out how to do that so the customer can buy something that feels like they've had it forever. 
I love that. So my first introduction to Aviator Nation was weirdly Ryan Seacrest. I was doing like a, a live with Kelly and Ryan segment and I'm like backstage and he had this lightning bolt sweatshirt. And so like lightning bolt is sort of my personal symbol. I live fully charged. I, I have the tattoos and all the things. And I was like, Ryan, I'm going to steal that off your body. What is that magic? And he's like, oh, it's this brand called Aviator Nation. Like, how do you not know what Aviator Nation is? And that was my first introduction to the brand. But that was probably like, three years ago. You've been around since 2006. So can you sort of take us to the trajectory of the brand? Like when did it become this like must have, my, my 11 year old daughter literally wanted to stay home from school today. Cause no, no, you're interviewing. What? Oh, that's Have awesome. you page? No, like freaking out. So like how, what was the trajectory of this brand? You know, it's really crazy. I mean, I started it 15 years ago and it literally has a slow pace growth from the beginning. So every single year my goal was to double what I was doing the year before. So, you know, like the first year I did like $10,000 and then I did 20 and then I did 40 and then I did 80 and like really like it just kind of happened like that and you know, I was always really concerned with growing too fast. I always wanted to protect the product and make sure that I was really taking care of the quality of the product. And, you know, I got orders from Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's and stuff early on and I turned them down because I told him, I said, you know, it's not ready yet to produce that level. So anyway, like, you know, it was, I think that because I wanted it to grow slow, that's why it did. And um, the reality is, you know, every year I made the product better and better. And so now it's, it's really kind of perfect because now it's really exploding and I really have the quality down and, you know, we have a bigger product offering than we did obviously in the beginning. But, you know, I would say that the last few years, it's definitely become a lot bigger. I opened in seven stores in one year, which was the year prior to the pandemic. So that was a huge thing because I just woke up one day and I was like, I want to have 15 stores. I don't want to have, you know, three stores anymore or whatever. And I, it, you know, I kind of did one store a year for a while. And then, like I said, the year before the pandemic, I'm like blanking on what the actual year that was, I guess. 19. 19. Okay. So 19, I opened seven stores, you know, like right before we had to shut them all down, which was also really interesting. But that was a crazy year for me. We literally, every two months, I moved to a different city and opened a new store. So I think that, you know, I just got all this energy all of a sudden and I was just like, I'm ready to just open stores and let's do this. And there were a lot of cities that I really wanted to be in that all kind of happened at the same time too. And they kind of fell in my lap. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to literally live on the road this year. And we're going to try to open all these stores. So that's what we did. And I think that helped a lot with the growth. But so many retail brands are like moving away from brick and mortar. So what, what makes your store special and different? Like what's the experience of going into an Aviator Nation store? And if you want to open one in Westfield, New Jersey, I am the chief spirit officer her here and can talk to the mayor. <laughs> Perfect. I will keep that in mind for sure. You know, it's funny because yes, it is like the opposite of what everyone else is doing. You know, I mean any kind of investors or whatever will be like, oh, brick and mortar, you know, forget about that. Focus on online and digital. And, you know, the thing is for me, when I started the company, I was living in Venice, California, and I was close to the street Abbot Kinney. And this is 15 years ago. So this is when it was like thrift stores and flower shops and no brands were on Abbot Kinney back then. And I just really loved the community that I was living in. And so I opened that first store specifically because I wanted to build a stage so that my friends that were musicians could play on the stage. 
So it was kind of like more than just a store. It was like, I wanted a clubhouse, you know? And, um, and so I wanted a stage that was like a big part of the first store. And, um, and I did that. And when I had my grand opening, my friends came, they played and, you know, really quickly it became like a hot spot in Venice. And so anyway, that was my first experience with brick and mortar. And I completely fell in love with the whole thing. I mean, I, every day I came to work, it was like, I have my stage, I have my records on the wall. I'm playing vinyl. I've got these girls work for me or guys or whatever. Everyone is like friends. And it's just, you know, it was like a clubhouse. And so for me, you know, that was so much more fun than just trying to sell clothes, you know, through the internet or to wholesale accounts or whatever. So for me, it kind of gave me this whole new energy on the retail business. And I had just decided at that point that stores was always going to be part of the brand and, you know, the culture of the company and the people that work for me and everything, you know, we build the stores together and it's just, you know, it's deeper than just selling clothes. It's about getting involved in other communities. And, you know, it's, it's now in, in a, like we have 15, well, we'll have 15 when we open Vale. And each store, I mean, really is a spot in each community where people come and they hear music or they hear comedy or, you know, we try to put local brands like local drink sponsors and stuff. So it's like, it's really a community thing and it's like way beyond just selling the clothes. So, you know, it's, there's so many reasons I love it. Like I could go on forever about all the benefits to what brick and mortar, but you know, at the end of the day, like I feel like a company is only as successful as, you know, the founder and the, and the creative, like really not getting worn out and really having fun. And so if I'm having fun, then the brand's going to do well. Because, you know, like if I'm sitting behind a desk at a computer all day long, and I don't get to do anything with my hands, then I get bored and I stop designing. And, you know, a lot of times people hire someone else to run their company or whatever. And I'm just like, no, like, this is me. This, you know, I built this like for me and, and I'm the customer. And so I need to stay excited. And the stores keeps me really excited. I think you were smarter than the average brick and mortar, right? You made it an experience and a lifestyle destination before that was a thing. Right, right. Yeah. So I want to ask, we actually have viewer questions, like we'll post on Instagram and ask people, listener questions, if they want to ask you a question. And I got a bunch of the same question, which has never happened before, which was, can you ask Paige how she kept herself going through the tougher spots and hearing you talk about opening all those stores right before COVID, I, that would be what I would ask you about how, as someone who loves being in the communities that you created and getting your hands on things, how did you get through that? It was rough. I mean, I'll be honest, you know, when I found out literally two days after I opened my Las Vegas store that I was going to have to shut down all my stores it was just a, a knife to the heart, you know? I just got full yeah, body chills. It, just like, like, I'll never forget that moment, you know, just being like, what? Because obviously as a business owner, I know what the overhead is. I know, you know, all the employees that I have, like, you know, the amount of money that it costs is to like have everything going and then to just totally cut down, you know, cut off the cash flow to basically a huge part of our business was, was crazy. And so, you know, I think that I'm very resilient. Whenever there's a challenge for me, like it's like, okay, like how can I fix it? How can I problem solve? You know, and I've always been like that. So I think that, you know, this was the ultimate challenge. You know, it was, it was really crazy. And, and at that point, I had about 300 and something employees, I think. So, you know, when we had to shut down our factories in California, so, you know, we had to shut down our factory as well. And, and so it was like, the craziest, just 
like, what am I going to do? And um, basically what happened was I decided that I would do an online sale because I had like two days. Governor Newsom of California was like, look, like, you know, you have through the weekend or whatever to get, your, you know, to, to shut everything down. And so that announcement came on like a Thursday night or something. So I had like Friday and the weekend. And so I called up the guy that works with me, Curtis, and handles my website. And I said, look, I said, let's do a giant online sale and all of the money will go to pay our employees because my biggest thing is the employees. I mean, it took 15 years to build the team I have. The last thing I'm going to do is let everyone go. You know, like I know what, how hard it is to build a team. A lot of my factory workers have been with me since the beginning and I know they have kids and I know their kids and, you know, all that stuff. And so. Like that was really the first thing I thought of was just keeping payroll going. And so anyway, we put out an email and we said, look, anything that we sell in the next 24, 48 hours, I guess it was like through the weekend, would all go directly to the to pay the employees. And we ended up doing like over a million dollars in sales in like one day. And our typical, our normal day at that point was $30,000 a day. So, I mean, you can imagine. Um, so anyway, basically that happened, you know, 48 hours or something after, you know, I learned that everything was shut down. And so then I got this energy. I was like, oh my God, our people love us. You know, like they literally just gave me a million dollars so that I can keep my employees paid, you know? And so then it was like this whole rebirth of like, I just felt like, and I was getting all these emails from customers that were like, Hey, what can I do to help you? I don't want you to close down. Like, do you need marketing? I'll, I'll work for you for free. Like all this stuff. I mean, it was amazing all the love that I got. And so because of that, you know, it really got me through the next four months or whatever it was. Obviously I had money to pay the employees. So that was great and felt awesome. And I, I mean, there was nothing better than being able to email all my employees saying, Hey, you're going to get paid, like go home, rest, be safe. And you're going to get a paycheck. Like you don't have to worry about it. And so that just made me so pumped. So even though it was scary, obviously I just felt so excited because of that situation. And, and I knew that we could get through anything, you know, especially after that four month period went and then, you know, everybody obviously continued to talk about us online and social media. And so the company just grew from it. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the best COVID story Isn't I've that heard. Crazy? I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, I mean, it just sounds like you really, I mean, you've created communities. Yeah. You've said this and your, your company is like a family in a community. And when you feed that, everything grows. You've created all the perfect circumstances. And the clothes and are pretty nurturing awesome. It. Well, <laughs> the clothes are awesome too, but the, I don't think that the clothes would survive if it didn't have the deep roots and the grounding. Yeah, the roots are deep for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, taking my time to build it, like really grew the roots, which is what I wanted to do. I mean, people used to ask me like, what's your goal with the company? What's the future of the company? And my answer was always that we never go away. Like, you know, my goal is to build a brand that never goes away, you know? And, and that's always like, when I make decisions, I always ask myself, like, is this going to hurt the longevity of the company? Because, you know, really, I just want something that's just around forever. I just love the idea of that. You know, like I think about Ralph Lauren and I'm like, Ralph Lauren is a hero of mine. You know, I'm like, you know, he obviously is still doing really well and the brand is great and he has done so much in the lifestyle world. And, you know, I'm like, I would love to be, you know, something like that where it's just like all the product we make is great. People can trust it. It never goes away. It's classic. It's timeless, you know? So that's always kind of been my goal. I love that. So Success actually runs in your family, right? <laughs> like your brother is the founder of Tom Shoes. And I heard that you created the logo 
<laughs> is that true? That is true. Blake, amazing. Yeah. So, so funny. Do you attribute you and your brother being so wildly successful to your parents and your upbringing? Like what was your secret sauce? Yeah, see, we all have kids. I have three kids. Heidi has three kids. We want to be like your parents, like whatever <laughs> your parents did or however they raised you, just let us know because I want to do <laughs> totally. that. Absolutely. I mean, it definitely, you know, comes from my parents. I can tell you that I am so happy with the way I was raised. And, and the reality is that I think the biggest thing is my parents didn't just give me everything I wanted. They really, they made me kind of work for it. And I mean, when I was little, I remember wanting things. I loved to shop. I always loved clothes. I loved candy. Like, you know, I always wanted to shop. I always wanted a new stereo in my car, whatever. And, you know, my dad was like, get a job, you know? And so, you know, in the beginning, when I was really young, I used to go to work with him and file all his papers at his office. And, and then I watered the plants and I mowed the yard. You know, like I was always earning money. And I'm so glad that he didn't just buy me what I wanted, that he was like, Hey, like if you mow the lawn, I'll give you 50 bucks and then you can go down and buy that jacket you want or whatever. And so when I went to buy the jacket because I earned the money, like it just felt so great, you know? And so, I think that, you know, growing up that way made me an entrepreneur because I just realized that anytime I wanted anything, my parents never told me no. They basically gave me like ideas of how to get it. You know, they're like, okay, if you do this, then you can get it. And so I realized that I can kind of do anything or I can buy anything. You know, it's just a matter of putting these steps together to get it. So it kind of made me feel invincible in a way, you know, like I kind of, I have the mentality that anything's possible. I mean, in the company, it's kind of a joke that you can't tell me something can't be done because I'll probably figure out how to do it. Um, but you know, it's like our big rule is like, like anything is possible. And I think that, you know, starting at a young age and realizing that if I wanted something, I could work hard and it was possible to get it. Um, and I think Blake and I probably both had that, which makes us, you know, really entrepreneurs. So um, the business and the creativity. So is like one, your mom, one, your dad, like your dad was a surgeon and your mom was a writer. So do you just have this perfect combination of business savvy and creativity? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. So my family background on my dad's side is like medicine and his dad was a doctor and his brothers are doctors and and they always had their own practice. So it was also kind of business. Like, you know, they ran their office. My dad had his own hospital and, you know, stuff like that. But my dad is also very creative and does a lot of art. Um, his mom did a lot of art. And my mom's side is like, you know, super just like positive energy, you know, like anything's possible. And, you know, like my grandma on my mom's side was like, you know, she was always talking about how she's like athlete of the year and high school. And she's like, you know, she was a real go getter, you know? And so I think that it was a combination because I mean, a lot of it really comes down to energy, you know, like having a positive attitude and positive energy, because I mean, every day something goes wrong. I mean, I'm not going to lie there, like, especially in the garment industry. I mean, it's very difficult. And so there's always something that like, is like a big problem. And, and I grew up with a, a mom that was so positive. So I think that that is a huge part of just being resilient. And then with my dad, you know, the business and the hard work and all of that is a big part of it. I mean, if you, if you work hard and you're positive, I, you can pretty much, you know, figure anything out. So my whole book is about positive energy and I've adopted the symbol of the lightning bolt to represent that. So the synergy, I think you would love my book. I got to send it to you. Yeah. We're almost ready to wrap. We should talk about giving back and how important it is for you to give back and some of the charities you're involved with because you do so mm -hmm. much good too. 
Yeah. I mean, really anytime somebody reaches out that has something that they want to do, that's a give back. I always try to get involved. I mean, I've done stuff with charity water, global citizen. I've done stuff with heal the Bay and like a lot of surf rider stuff, like a variety of things, but it's pretty much, you know, whoever comes to me, it usually has to do with either the environment or, or music. Global citizen is like a big thing that I'm a huge supporter. And I just think that what they're doing is so cool, how they bring people together. And, and then, you know, they use the opportunity of a music festival to kind of like share what's going on in the world and how people can get involved. So I love that. I think personally, I have the biggest interest in the mental health space. So I did a thing for a foundation called Flatwater, where I did a stand-up paddle across Iceland. We did 100 kilometers on stand-up paddle, which was really crazy, to raise money for this uh, Flatwater Foundation, which basically provides free therapy for people that are having problems with actually specific to cancer. So whether you're a cancer patient or whether you're diagnosed with cancer or you have a family member or friend and you're like coping with it, um, it kind of is it's centered around that. But when I did that, I really became even more excited to do something for mental health. So right now I'm working on a foundation that I'm putting together um, that's actually going to be an Aviator Nation deal. And mental health is going to be the focus on that. I'm just like, I'm a huge believer in mental health. I mean, I feel like it is the biggest issue. I mean, that's, I mean, I think everything starts with mental health. And, um, and I have a lot of ideas around how people can work. I, I personally got kicked out of high school. Like I have like a crazy story that like I, I got this whole victim was made of me, like when I was younger and then I had to kind of overcome that. And, so anyway, I've been through a lot of mental health, a lot of therapy and therapy is a huge part of my life. And I think that, you know, people don't understand that it's actually cool to go to a therapy session. And I mean, personally, like, I don't think I would be where I was without having therapists, you know, work through things in my life. So, you know, I just want to kind of figure out how to make that cool, you know, so that kids and, you know, they see it and they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, therapy is great. I, I do that every Friday, you know, and it's just, it, it should be a part of all of our lives. And I feel like it would really help um, if we could change the stigma behind that. So anyway, that's a big passion for me right now that I'm trying to figure out. You how don't to do. really get to read a lot about your personal life. Do you think about doing a, a biography, sharing your story more in a bigger way? Yeah, I've thought about it. I've, a lot of people have asked me to like write a book. Now I'm thinking about maybe a documentary just because there's so much amazing like visual stuff happening around me all the time that I think a documentary would be really cool. Definitely. And that helps with the stigma. I feel like because it's so much more visual in terms of destigmatizing something. I feel like it's so much more accessible when it's a documentary versus something that people have to read. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking for the right producer right now. You know, we've been filming everything. So I have a lot of footage and I really do. I have I have a pretty powerful story that I think should be heard. You know, it's kind of crazy what I've been. And, you know, to be in the retail world for 15 years and and still kind of be like taking off is uh, pretty rare. So I think it could be interesting for people to see and hear how that was done. Absolutely. I'm, I'd watch it in a yeah. heartbeat. Okay, <laughs> cool. Good to know. Good to thank know. you so much, Paige, for saying that. Because again, it is destigmatizing mental health issues is so important and normalizing therapy is so important. And I think what strikes me the most is seeing you, this uber positive, bubbly person, like not bubbly, but you're grounded, but you know what I mean? Just like so positive and doing such great things persons. No one would imagine just seeing the surface that you ever struggled at all with mental health. And I think it's so important because I truly believe that the most 
positive people on the exterior are often the ones that have so much that they're struggling with and dealing with. And if they can normalize therapy, then everybody would just be a little better. It's so normal in my house. My 11 year old will come home and be like, I had a crap day. I think I need a session. I'm like, okay. I mean, get a tune up because that, that is what we need. You know, we need kids to be cool with that. And it'd be a game changer if people were okay with doing therapy from a young age, you know, I mean, it, it would obviously make all of us, you know, so much happier and be able to really figure out like how to navigate these tough times and understand how they make us stronger and and really learn from that. So you're even awesomer than I thought. And so we, Uh, we have one last thing before we go that we do, but so can you tell us what's next for you in Aviator Nation and where our listeners can find you on the ground? Yes. So we are opening the Veil store in a few weeks here, and then we are going to be looking at a few other cities in the next couple of years, opening more locations. New Jersey, um, New Jersey, New yeah, Jersey. Definitely. We're looking at the East Coast right now. I really want a store on the East Coast. So, I mean, we're, we're just trying to find the perfect spot. You know, I'm all about the perfect spot, but we're definitely looking at the East Coast. And um, I'm also about to launch Denim. So get excited for that. It has been um, a huge passion project for the last couple of years. And the product is pretty much almost ready to launch. So we're hoping to release some of that for Black Friday. And we're rolling out a full denim collection, like 12 fits, four washes, you know, everything. So that's going to be really fun as new product. But on the ground, um, you can find me at Aviator Nation or Instagram is at Aviator Nation or at Paige Mykoski if you want to follow me personally and watch us build all these stores. Will the lightning bolt ever go away? I just need to know. Will that always be a part of the brand? That's what keeps Megan up at night, Paige. She's worried. No, it's... No, Megan, but you've got the lightning bolt was now. Like people who have like no, tried to knock this off, which makes me angry because you're the OG. I know. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. No, the, the lightning bolt was very first design. It was, I, I had a, a small collection when I first sewed up my line and the lightning bolt was in it. And so we have done the lightning bolt every single season for 15 years in different ways. And it's never going away. It's a huge part of me. And like I said, the positive energy is a huge part of the brand and the lightning bolt represents that. So the lightning bolt's not going anywhere. Don't worry. Well, thank you. That is the best gift you ever could have given Megan. Ever. I was stressed. I was stressed. Every season you get to see how we do it different. Know. You know, and I'm I always like, okay, no what way. am I gonna do with the bolt this time? Do you know I look forward to like it's something I look forward to? <laughs> I love that. All right, I love now that Megan's fears are squashed. Our very, very last thing page is called Karma Call. So I make Megan say it because of all of the energy and lightning bolt status that she puts into it. But I am the resident yogi. So I will explain that karma is a Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our amazing, inspiring guests, you, what is one small actionable item that our guests could take for a short amount of time that would yield a large result? So small action, giant results could be go to therapy. (laughs) Wow. That's so hard. I mean, yeah, like I would say therapy would be amazing. Like figure out, you know, a way to get involved in therapy for sure. I mean, I think that also just not holding things in and talking about things just generally, um, I've learned is uh, it's always better to just get it out and talk about it and talk through it. Totally. Festering is never the way to go. Love that. <laughs> All right. You heard it here on Off the Gram, yeah. everybody. Do not hold things in and go to therapy. <laughs> 
keys to a happy life. Yes. There you go. Yay. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm so glad we got to sit here with you today because you are amazing. My daughter wants to know everything when I pick her up from school, like everything. Oh, cool. (laughs) That's so awesome. I love hearing when young girls are fans of the brand. It's like my favorite because I'm like, oh, like I just want to be an inspiration for them, you know, and show them that they can do anything they want. And she steals all my clothes. I used to not. The funny thing is I used to not be cool. But because my whole wardrobe is lightning bolts and Aviator Nation, now all of a sudden I'm cool and she shops my closet. Well, you know, it really is cool because the whole family can wear it and it's actually a bonding thing. It's like, I think it's one of the only brands where like the mom and daughter can both wear it and the daughter's not mad at the mom and the mom doesn't feel like she like is wearing the wrong thing. You know, it's, it's kind of like a cool bonding thing. Yeah. We do a lot of sharing sometimes against my will. Yeah, I know. I bet she, I bet she's stealing your clothes often. If I'm not wearing it, it could be taken. Thankfully, my twins are still that's sick, funny. so that's not that's my cool. issue yet. <laughs> we don't fit in the same size. There you go. You've got some time. You've got some time. Yeah. Apparently five years. Charlie's 11, right? Yeah, my daughter's, she's 11, going on like 15. Okay, so I have five years before I have to like lock up my closet. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Paige. This was amazing and so inspiring. And thank, thank you. you for having thank me. you so much. Paige has left the chat. All right, Megs. I know the Paige is something of a hero to you. <laughs> so... I mean, I'm just in awe. I like, I love the, first of all, I love the slow burn of the brand. I love that it's been around for 15 years. Like the longevity of that is so nice in this world. And I, I love her positive energy. Obviously I gravitate toward the lightning bolt. I gravitate toward her brand. And now I I understand even more Mm -hmm. on like a cosmic level. Why? I mean, she embodies everything that excites me. And so that was really cool for me. And I was definitely sort of trying not to shop the rack of clothes behind her. <laughs> That's impossible. And I'm like, denim? Denim launch? What does that mean? Will there be <laughs> lightning bolts on the butt? I need to know everything. But I just adore her. And I'm, I want her to write a book too, because I'm, I didn't want to push too hard, but I am fascinated by her background and her life story. Well, I love that she's grabbing all the footage for a future documentary. That is so smart and so forward thinking. You know what? We also didn't get into, she's a big time surfer. So I think that's like a good creative outlet for her, a physical outlet. I bet you there's some sick footage of her crushing some waves. I mean, she just has that cool California surfer girl vibe that you're just like, I want to be her. She's the epitome of a California surfer girl in all the right ways, in all the positive ways. And what a family. I mean, I do want to know. I want to raise my kids just like her parents raised her and her brother. Two founders and one family is insane to me. Well, I love that though, because we actually talked about this before the show. I was like, it had to be something in their upbringing. And I think there was, I think it was that the parents didn't just say, go get a job if you want something or give them the thing. They actually showed the kids ways to earn money, like saying, you could do this, you could do this. And it all, it sounded from what Paige said, it was a lot of manual labor. So never feeling like they were above anything and that they really just got down and dirty into jobs and worked for things. I think like as a parent, knowing just because you could give your kid something doesn't mean you should give your kid something. I mean, we work very hard. We're able to provide for our children. And yet I say no all the time because I do want them to value experiences and things and and what we have, et cetera. So that's good. She worked for everything she had, which I love. Yeah. And I, I love the stick intuitiveness of it, if that makes sense. I've heard that term before. I don't know if it's real, but just that like 
the first year she, it was, she said, I mean, who knows if these numbers are real, but the first year it was 20,000 and then 40,000. Those yeah. are giant numbers that are like, I'm a smashing success. Yeah. I'm going to keep going. Those are like, Oof, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this better, smarter? Yeah. It's, it's really as an entrepreneur myself, it's amazing to hear that. You know, I just finally hit a milestone with my Crossflow yoga app two years in. Yeah. And that sounds awful, but most, I remember when I first started teaching yoga, the most successful yoga studio at the time in New York City, the founder told me, she said, anyone opening a yoga studio shouldn't expect to turn a profit in the first 10 years. And I was like, <gasps> okay, then I got to go. I got yeah. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. what? That's a horrible business. So just the ability to stick with it and not I feel like with Gen Z and some of the millennials, it's really just, it's either an instant success or I'm throwing it away. So the ability to just believe in your dream and dig in and create and like those the commitment to quality because it's not a cheap product. It's no. really not. But yeah. I mean, as you know, I, I splurge on a, a sweatshirt or a pair of sweats here and there and the quality is outstanding. I mean, it's like, it, it like is exactly what she said. And, like, you know, that she, it, like she's doing quality control. And that's also probably a big part of, of the longevity of the brand. Also, I'm going to go shopping when we get off of this Zoom because it's like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just, I just want to go shopping. You always want to shop the lightning bolts, but then it is exactly what she said. For anyone that doesn't own any pieces of Aviator Nation, the first pair of sweats I bought from them, I was postpartum with James like by a week or two and I had something that I had to do and I strapped him on and in the, you know, ergo and I went and I, I saw at SoulCycle, I saw the Aviator Nation sweats and I was like, I need those. They just look so comfortable. And from the first wear, they were like the favorite pair of sweatpants that I always wished I had that were so cozy and, and they don't get yucky and grimy over time as you wash them. They're equally as cozy. So they only get ruined if you decide to climb a wire fence with your friends after school. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. (laughs) Charlie's like, can you tell Paige that the sweatpants are defective? I'm like, not unless you want me to also tell her you climbed a barbed wire fence to go get a what? Like what? What? So yeah. So yeah, they're the, they're just so comfortable and everybody should own it. And there's so much giving back happening. It's just such an amazing company and community that Paige built. Thank you so much for tuning into Off The Gram. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our show wherever you consume your podcasts. And follow us on the gram at Heidi Christopher, at Megan B. Murphy, at NYC Fit Fam, and at Off The Gram Podcast. See you next time.